everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We are so glad you are joining us this week. Brittany and I are going to dive into talking about some communication tactics that we both feel are really important and kind of fun to talk about. So the title of this week's podcast is It's Not You, It's Me. We're probably all familiar with this phrase, um, and it's kind of been known as like a sugar-coated excuse for a breakup. And I think the thought being that you soften the blow by putting all the fault and blame on yourself as the breaker upper over addressing the true issues that damage the relationship. So we're not using it in that way today. Today, we want to remove the negative connotation of that phrase and kind of flip the script to make it the basis for effective team communication. So we are always talking about how dentistry is a team sport and we're not an island. We cannot do it by ourselves. And so in order to get our needs met and function as efficiently as possible, we got to communicate, communicate clearly and effectively. And it seems ridiculous to have to say this out loud, but the reality is in order to get our needs met, we have to express what our needs are and what we specifically need to be done. So that's where this phrase comes in. It's not you, it's me can be very helpful. So track with me for just a second. I know for me personally that I struggle with asking for help sometimes. Um, One of the reasons is I know that everybody else in the practice is super busy and they've all got a lot on their plate, a lot going on. Um, And so I I don't want to like interrupt them or put more on their plate. Um, But if I'm being really transparent and honest, I think sometimes I don't want to ask because I don't want to feel like I can't do it all or I don't want to come across as needy or I don't want to feel like I'm irritating someone. And I realize that these are my own personal issues um, and I need to let them go. But I wanted to share because I realize I may not be alone in my dysfunctional reasoning for not asking for help. Yeah. I want to circle back to what you said before about it seeming ridiculous to have to say this out loud. You know, reality is in order to get our needs met, we have to express what our needs are and what specifically needs to be done, what specifically we're requesting from, from the other person. And I think this is a mistake that, you know, it's a misunderstanding that people have about relationships in life in general, like in a marriage. I think that a lot of us in our automatic way of thinking assume that our partner knows what we want or should know what we want or what we need without having to say it. But if you think about that, like that is so insane. Like your partner didn't grow up in your family. Like they can't guess what you would like in this particular instance. Like if we don't say the thing that that we need, they don't have the opportunity to even be successful in fulfilling our needs. So it's this constant resentment of like, well, you should know what I need. How could you not know? But who is that helping? 
It's not helping anyone. Like in re- and you know, in a lot of like movies and a lot of um, you know, drama TV stuff, like it's all about like, oh, this person understands me and they just know what I need before I even ask. That's not like really reality, you know. Right. But right. I think that in our brains, maybe subconsciously, we have adopted that way of thinking of like, oh, the people who love me the most just know what I need and do it. That's just constantly setting everyone up for failure and resentment, right. you know. Oh, oh, right. that person's not meeting my needs. They're failing. They don't even know they're failing. You haven't given them an opportunity to, to succeed and be a better friend or a better husband or a better wife or whatever, or right. better coworker or colleague in this instance. Yeah. Do you do you struggle with asking for help or is this a me thing? I struggle with asking for help more from a sense of I get a lot of value out of doing things mm-hmm. like and accomplishing things. So I feel sometimes that I'm taking too much on at the expense of my own health because I want to feel valued by others, you know, so I'm making it too much of why I believe I'm valuable, you know, the things that I do instead of just the person that I am. So it's, I I usually am not asking for help because I'm like, no, I want others to see my value and I don't want to give this to someone else, like, which, which is selfish, you know, because then they don't get an opportunity to learn and grow and to feel valued and all that stuff. But I think for me, it's a little bit like, that's my personal issue is I need to realize I have value outside of just doing things. Right. Right. Well, and I think back to our episode that we did in the past with Dr. Perna, when we talked about imposter syndrome and you know, that I struggle with that soloist mentality of like, I want to do it myself because I want it done a certain way. And I want to make sure it's done, you know, to the, the full capacity of what I think it should be done as. And I think honestly, both of these issues that we're talking about have a lot to do with the ego, (laughs) Oh, for sure. Um, and so it is, it's like laying that down and like stepping back and being like, whoa, 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 what, what is my issue here? And I mean, I feel it, if I'm being honest, like I feel it sometimes, like I am like drowning in patient care and I'm like walking the halls looking for someone and I peek in the break room and there's like three people sitting there like on their phone and eating. And I'm like, I, like, I don't know why, but in, internally I'm like, I feel like I don't, I shouldn't ask for help. And then I'm like, what am I thinking? Like I'm drowning and they're available. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely this podcast I think is going to be about getting out of your own head, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Um, and, and, you know, taking a step back and looking at what is it like, is it your ego that's in the way? Is it that you don't feel worthy enough for somebody to help you? Like you're, you're probably at one, one end of that spectrum. Right. So I think, yeah, I think we want to remove the dysfunction today. Yeah. Let's stop making, you know, needing help mean something about us. You know, we, right. we make things mean something like, oh, I'm right. asking for help. I must not be good enough at my job if I right. can't do it all myself. You know, we made it mean that it doesn't mean that in reality, like it just means you're a human, you need help. Everyone needs help. We can't do everything. You know, that's why there are so many professions because like one profession can fulfill all the needs of all the people, you know? Yep. So let's do just some basics about asking for help. So asking for and receiving help shifts interaction from a utilitarian transaction to a relational exchange. Honestly, it helps us stay connected, which is very important on a team front when it helps, you know, you're helping each other. It makes everyone feel like they are an integral part of the system. So looking at a practice dynamic, like you don't want it to be just this utilitarian transaction of like, we're just robots and we're doing all the things we need to do. We want it to be a relational exchange 
of us supporting each other and being there for each other and having each other's backs. And that I think just builds what not only what we're trying to do, it's going to build your profitability, profitability. It's going to build your level of patient care. It's going to help the patients see, hey, I'm going to practice where people really are there for each other. They care about each other. You know, I'm coming here because I want them to care about me. And it's super helpful when I see that they care about each other and they're helping each other. Like, I think it's just, it's a big deal. Um, Asking for and receiving help doesn't have to incur a debt. That's important because I think we play that mental game too of like, Hey, if I ask, you know, if I ask for something here, I'm going to need to do something for them. Like, that's not the truth of it, Um, especially when it's an ask that supports, again, the entire system of the practice and and filling that need will benefit the big picture. Helping is how we stay in relationship with each each other and is how we support and encourage each other. I think this is a very important point because if us asking for help right now means we incurred a debt and then have to pay that debt back by acting on something in the future, then why ask for help? You just created more work for yourself long-term. You know, I think that on the receiving end is where it's important to remember that just because you help someone doesn't mean they owe you something, right? Because I think usually where this goes wrong, it could be on the asking end, but also on the answering end of like, okay, yeah, I'll help you. But um, later you got, you got to do this for me or, or just without um, actually verbalizing something, them having an expectation of you to do something for them because they helped you out. And I think that if they need help also, and they need help from you, they can verbalize that. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, it's just got to be this transparent thing. And, you know, helping someone you're choosing to say yes, doesn't mean the person owes you anything, right? Like everyone in that situation chose to say yes, if you do need help, then like reciprocal help, then ask about that in that situation. Maybe you can agree upon it at a different time, but it shouldn't be a a tit for tat thing. You know, it should be a mentality of like, let's, make the team work. Let's do the best thing for the patient. I will say yes, because that's what we're all working for today. We're all working toward the same goal. Right. Right. And I think it gets very easy. Like I think about, we do our morning huddle where we look at, you know, the big picture of the day and everything that needs to happen and all the moving parts. And, you know, you're trying to game plan to make that day as effective as possible. Um, And so, it's, it's easy to kind of get concrete in that, I feel like, and know like, okay, these are the tasks I have to do. And, you know, so-and-so is going to do this at this time and you get that worked out. But we also know that the reality of the day is it never goes like you plan it and things happen. People run late, you know, procedures don't go right. Like there's all of that. It just, it's a dental day is a very fluid day if we're being honest. So we can't be rigid and concrete in what we think we're going to need to do that day and just get stuck in that. Like we have to be able to know like, Hey, things are going to change. And if we're all in it for, if we're all in it to win it and we have the big, that is our big picture in the end, then, you know, we should have that flexibility of like, Hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. If every single team member has that, I'm going to do whatever it takes, then we're going to win. And it won't have, we won't have that tip for tap mentality of like, oh my gosh, I helped you with this. That means, you know, you need to help. It's not about that. It's like, Hey, what do I need to do in this moment to help the practice win? Yeah. And And that sort of mental flexibility, and it just makes such a difference in our attitude going through the day and in, in whether or not we're upset about unforeseen circumstances. So it's a hundred percent certain that something is not going to go as planned. 
right? So for A-type personalities, a bunch of A-type personalities under this one roof, trying to work together to get all this stuff done, that is not the ideal situation for us to be in our best mood and have, you know, what we consider to be the best day. But, you know, with the changes that are unexpected don't have to be these derailing things, you know, like the sooner we can accept, if we can think on the front end, this day is not going to go exactly as I planned. There are going to be unforeseen things that are going to happen. I'm going to run late. I'm going to be early. I'm going to need for, to ask for help or, you know, at some point or I'm going to need to help someone else. Someone's going to cancel. Someone's going to be added onto the schedule. Like we've got to adapt constantly to the day. As long as our mindset is I will adapt however I need in order to be there for my patients and my team and myself. That's the mentality that we should all be taking on in this. And that makes this whole thing a lot easier. Hey, Bulletproof Hygienists, it's Brittany and Charissa, and we are thrilled to announce that it's finally here, our comprehensive online mastery course. If you're anything like us, you know that hygiene is more than just a job, it's more than just a paycheck, and it's a whole lot more than just cleaning teeth. It's our calling. If you're ready to take the deep dive, become a top 1% hygienist, and move from going through the motions to loving what you do every day, boosting treatment acceptance, taking communication and team building to the next level, this course is designed for you. Master all the tools you'll need to make our successes your own. Everything from mindset and culture, team organization and calibration, to individualized best practices and verbiage for success, it's all there. Earn five CEs while building your own bulletproof hygiene practice with our proven methodology. To find our course, go to bph.dental and click courses on the left-hand side for all the details. And like you said earlier, you know, when thinking about just asking for help in life in general and making those needs known, um, people aren't mind readers. So asking for help is necessary. And especially when others are busy and focused on their own tasks, which Mm -hmm. is definitely the case in a dental practice, Um, we've got to bring awareness to our needs and deficiencies so that others can help. And I want to make this point, too, that, you know, the beauty of a team is that every member has different strengths and weaknesses. So some team members are going to be really strong in things like organization, Mm right? Right. Whereas other people may not be as strong in that. So one of the things we need to think about here is when we ask people for help, sometimes that's the opportunity for those people to really shine. And we don't always think about it that way. Sometimes we think, oh my gosh, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to ask them for something. I don't want them to think I'm needy and I can't do this. Like, but what if asking them to do that is actually what they're geared toward? And that's going to bring them a lot of fulfillment Mm -hmm. and make them shine as, hey, like, you did this and you're awesome. Thank you so much. So I think, you know, sometimes we might rob our team of that when that might be a really great way to highlight where somebody's strong. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's just like this innate feeling that comes from helping someone that feels good. It's kind of like giving someone a gift, you know, right. like when someone, right. when you try to give someone a gift, it's be- most likely because you care for the person you wanted to give them a gift for whatever the occasion is. Now, if that person goes and says, Oh no, I don't, I don't want your gift. Oh my gosh. No, I think I can't, you know, thank you so much, but no, it's like their own unworthiness or whatever reason it makes them comfortable. They're robbing you of the joy that you could get from giving them a gift, you know? So we've got to think of it that way too. It's like, don't rob someone else of the opportunity to be able to learn and grow and get the kudos Right. And get the, you know, even if they don't get kudos, they get that in, internal satisfaction and feeling of like, wow, I got to help today. Maybe my job is purposeful. Maybe this is purposeful for someone, right. you know, it's just and, a good feeling. Yeah. And I think what you said about kudos is really important. And that's a really great way 
honestly, to ensure that people are going to help you in the future Mm -hmm. is, you know, if you had a day where you were just drowning and you asked somebody for help and they were a rock star for you in the morning huddle, the next morning, make sure you talk about that. You know, that you say, Hey, Brittany, yesterday, when you helped me with that patient, like I was literally drowning and I couldn't have done it without you. Thank you so much for doing that for me. Thank you for taking that, you know, task on or whatever that was. Like, I think that just, if we will continue to do that, because sometimes we just let that go and we kind of forget about it. I think it's really important to highlight those things because it keeps people motivated to keep giving and to keep being part of and stepping into those needs. That's very true. Yeah. I also want to say that because people aren't mind readers, we have to be really clear on what our needs are and give suggestions for how to help. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we want to be direct with, hey, I need this, you know, and and be specific. So because especially in a dental office, when we've got a thousand things going on, you know, like for me to say, hey, Brittany, I'm running um, like five minutes behind. Is there any way you could seat my patient? So If it's somebody who maybe doesn't normally seat a hygiene patient, you may want to be a little more specific and say, hey, could you seat my patient? Could you offer them, you know, a warm neck pillow and a blanket? Um, Would you mind checking blood pressure? And actually they're due for bite wings if you could get that started. So like, and it's funny just saying that sentence, like I feel internally like, oh gosh, now I'm asking for too much. (laughs) No, but, but the reality is like, we have to be clear and direct with what the needs are. But at the same time, depending on what it is we're asking for um, and talking about the fact that some people have strengths that maybe I don't have, we have to be open to the fact that when we ask for help, it may look different than what we've asked for. And that other person might have a better solution than what we had in our head. What you're saying is they may have a different way of getting to the same outcome. Right. And it might even be better than what your way was. It might be better or it might just be different. You know, it might just be different, but it right. still works. Like the important things, right. they arrived at the outcome. So yeah, the, as control freak, A type people were like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. What are you doing? Right. That's not the right order to do that. Or like, you right. know, like who cares? Let them right. do it and see how it goes and see right. what the outcome is. If the outcome is what you wanted, if they took the x-rays and they updated the medical history and they did whatever, and they did it in out of order, in your opinion, it still got done. Right. Like, you know, let's, let's like, kind of, on the other side of things, like, yes, get specific with our requests, but then don't like overanalyze, you know, someone did give you help. There's no reason to get like right. hypercritical here and say, you didn't help me the right way. Right. Yep. Then that's not inducing more help to happen in the future. And it's not helping your relationship with that person. Right. I think it's okay to make a suggestion like, Hey, you know, what worked for me. It's, it seemed like you were struggling with, with taking the bite wings or hooking up the XCPs. You know, what works for me is this, that works really well. Right. Oh, thanks. Yep. You know, then it's not a yep. criticism. It's just like, you're saying, Hey, you know, I had that problem too. And here, this is how I figured it out. Right. And thanks so well, much for your help, by the way. Yeah. Well, and I have a, a prime example of this. Um, my, you know, I do assisted hygiene. Um, so I'm bouncing, you know, from op to op, room to room. And, you know, she's obviously helping seat the patients while I'm still in the other room. And um, she was out sick one day this week. And so I was like, all right, we're just going to make this work. And I kind of got to rely on, we have an overflow assistant and then our treatment coordinator who just is a rock star and does whatever we need in the back. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of leaned on both of them throughout the day and um, they were so helpful. And granted, it wasn't the normal flow that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I'm like in my head going, oh my gosh, it would just be so helpful if they'd go ahead and drop the note and take the blood pressure. And, and all they were doing was standing in there just talking to the patient. But at the same time, that patient didn't feel like they were just being left. You know, they were having that interaction. They were, you know, enjoying a conversation and 
it was still, it still brought value to what I needed, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think one point I want to make is sometimes we, because we have so much going on and we know what needs to happen. And especially as hygienists, you know, we have like a list of hundred things that we're doing in each single appointment. So it gets easy for me, at least to kind of get stuck in the ditch of knowing I got to do this, 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 and this. And sometimes that keeps me from looking out up and out. So I can kind of get stuck in thinking, oh, well, I need this. But then if I ask for help, somebody might come in and do it differently. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that as an option. That was a great option. So I think that's important too, is like, sometimes we get stuck in our own, you know, our own lane and we can't see outside of that. And we know we need something. And so we'll throw out a suggestion like, Hey, could you do this? And somebody might come in and do it a different way or do something completely different that was actually really helpful. So, and I think that's always a good way to circle up at the end of the day and be like, Hey, thanks for helping me. I was thinking you'd do this, but you did that. That was even better. Thank you. Like, how did you do that? Or, you know, I just think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, I think that um, what you just mentioned, like you didn't have your hygiene assistant. So, you know, people who don't usually aren't usually in that role stepped in to help you. So maybe they didn't know everything that needed to happen. You know, it's too much to try and train a person the same day to explain to them. It takes more time to do that than it does to just try and keep the ball rolling yourself and communicate whatever needs that they can help you with. You know, you know, I'm realizing I've been practicing for nine years now and I'm and I know that you've been practicing for 25. And I think that you know, after several years, that's enough time to kind of forget how much learning is involved when someone is so new to that. I'm just like, I get to the point sometimes where I'm like, how could you not know this? You know, I find myself in that headspace, like, but when I think about it, the people who are in training have been doing their jobs, you know, for six years, six months to a year. So even the things that seem like same shit, different day to me. And I'm like, why are we asking to do this? Like, they're still in learning. They're still understanding the value and the flow of things. And they're understanding like what needs to be done and what the purpose is and why it should be done in this order and not that order. And sometimes what is involved in learning that best is just time and then making their own mistakes and figuring out, oh, that didn't work so well for me. Oh, wow. That didn't work for the schedule, whatever, which is frustrating when I'm like, no, this is how it could work. Like if you, if you would listen to me, if you did this way, but you know, it's the, it's the discovery for them. It's the discovery sometimes. So I even take that and kind of try and have like a gratitude attitude about those things because I find myself getting just so frustrated sometimes like how, how is this not (laughs) happening, you know? Um, But I just try and keep that in mind. Like I, uh, we just hired two new hygienists and I told one of them, like, I, I am so far removed from being a new person here that I don't even know what you need. Like, I don't, I don't know what would be most helpful to you to know. So please ask me and tell me what you need, you know? And, and granted, like I gave her and the other hiree, like a whole training binder of information, you know, like, I'm like, this is the basics from start to finish. These are our protocols. This is our period protocols and blah, blah, blah. So I gave them on the front end, a lot of information, but I, I was very candid and was like, this isn't meant to be a good or bad thing on me. It's just, I've been here so long that I forgot what it was like to be new. So please, you know, um, make requests, you know, make yeah. requests and talk to me if there's something that I'm not giving you and there's a way that I can support you better. Yeah, so I think that there's, beautiful. there's room for some empathy yeah. and some like, yeah, well, and, on that end too. Yeah. And not even for new trainees, but even if it's just somebody who works in a different role, uh, yeah. role. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. even though, you know, we've worked together for years, you know, I 
I could not step into a surgical procedure with the doctor and know everything. Absolutely not. Yeah. So I think it's just, yeah, being mindful of, you know, what people are limited in what they do and don't know outside of different roles. So when you can ask for help, especially from someone who's not in, you know, who's not a hygienist or not a hygiene assistant, Mm -hmm. it's important to be really clear and direct with what you need because they just don't know. And that that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think being in the healthcare industry uh, really denotes that we are here to serve. And I think that's typically like the biggest whys when we ask people like, hey, why did you become a hygienist? Or why did you get into the dental profession? Like, because we want to care for people. We want to serve people. Um, we get to make a difference and an impact. So it's funny that we struggle to ask others for help who are also wired for helping. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, That's a great point. That's why we're all here. Like, we want to help patients. We want to help. And, and, helping the team is part of that. So it's funny that we can struggle with that when we're all here on the same mission. Um, And when we come from a place of needing help to make our patient experience better, our timing more efficient, our procedures more proficient, um, then we can confidently ask others for help. And I think it's, it's, we talked about like taking a step back and looking, you know, why am I, you know, what's my ego going, what's going on with my ego here? Why am I struggling with this? But I think it's, it's taking a look at that too. Like, Hey, why am I asking for help? Is this just like a selfish thing? Cause I want to go be lazy or is this because I want my patient to have the best experience? I don't want that next patient to be waiting. I want to make sure this goes well. Like if that's our true ask reason for asking, then I think it makes it easier to ask for that. Mm-hmm. So we want to dissect this phrase a little bit of it's not you, it's me. And use it as a tool to get what we need. So the it's not you, it's me comes from a place of self-evaluation and reflection. And like I was just saying, we got to take a step back, look at the situation, know what we need. Um, And when we can take a second, be like, yep, this is a true need, not just something we're like trying to get out of or shirk off. Um, And we're willing to help others time and time again. And we have proven ourselves reliable in a team player then I think we know that we're equal givers and not just takers. So then we can come from the aspect of like, hey, it's me. You know me, right? You know I'm here for the team. You know I'm going to do this. Like, I'm the one asking. Um, I'm the one who has your back too. Now I need you to have mine. Um, and I think the best way to come with the request is to share it from that it's me aspect. Like, it's my issue. It's my problem. It's my need. Can you help me with the solution? Mm-hmm. Right? Because let's think this through. Like each patient comes in every day with their need. Like they're, they, they're, sorry to share this with you, but they're not super concerned with what your needs are. They are there for them, right? I'm coming for a service today. Like it's about me. So we're used to, you know, tailoring to their needs and, and giving them what they need. Um, so we kind of want to do that same thing when we need something of coming with like, Hey, here's my issue. Here's my problem. How can you help me? And I think there's a psychological thing that kind of draws people in to help and be the hero. Yes, there is hundred percent. Yeah. So I think instead of just being like, Hey, can you grab that for me? Like, and, and yes, that's okay to have that conversation in a quick moment too. But I think thinking it through helping somebody else understand like that you have a need and they can really help step into that. It empowers them. I think it does. So, so for example, 
like maybe it's a conversation like this. Hey, my schedule's like super tight this morning. I know it's going to be really hard for me to do my part in sterilization. Would you be able to help cover me between like nine and 11? Um, so I can stay focused on my new patients and not let anybody else down. And I really appreciate it. And I'll make sure this afternoon that we're good. My schedule looks a little better there, but if you don't mind supporting me, like that was a quick, easy conversation because let's be realistic. We know we have those moments in our day that we'll walk by sterilization and see it piled up. And you're like, oh my gosh, what are people doing? How are people not doing their job today? And we, it's because we've been in our own lane and we can like only see that very narrow lane. Yeah. And we don't realize everything that's gone on outside of that. Yeah. And so there's, I, there's some truth to some people not stepping up to the plate and right. not hearing what they've been asked. Right. There's some truth to that, but it doesn't help us in that moment to be like, these lazy SOBs, like <laughs> start criticizing right. right. and go to that and go to that headspace. Right. But I think if you can get in front of it ahead of time, again, when you're having like that morning huddle and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to be really tight here. Like, I don't want anybody to think I'm slacking. I really am going to need some support in that. And I don't want to leave anybody else hanging, you know, but just everybody know, like we got a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be like, so I struggle. This is one of my personal struggles with one of my doctors is, is a really, um, great communicator. And he likes to have a lot of conversation with patients and build that rapport, which is awesome. And I think it needs to happen, but a lot of times it can run me over. So I have had the conversation and it went something like this, like, Hey, lately I seem to be struggling with my time management. So again, you're making it like about you and about what you got going on. Um, and I'm really struggling getting everything I need to do done in a timely manner. And I feel like recently the discussion time after the exam has been running over into the next patient time. So can you help me come up with a way to summarize the information you'd like for me to relay? Like, how do I make this easier and quicker for you so that you can have the time you need, but at the same time, we can respect everyone's time and make this really go according to plan. So that tactfully worded, so tactfully. (laughs) I'm having a problem with you talking too much and making me run late. Please change yourself so that I'm not late. Right. Yeah. That, that approach might not go so well. So that's the approach that I usually take first and then have to apologize and then make the person the hero and have to help. So in reality, that is what usually we want to say, I want to say, and it's just not, if we ask what we actually want to come of the situation, Teresa's approach is the way that you want to approach it. Like I'm having a problem. Can you be the hero? Can you come save me from my problem, which is my problem, which is actually your problem, but I'm not going to say that. Right. It's not you. It's me. Like I can't manage my time. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I mean, I do, I think, unfortunately, I think sometimes that has to be the the Mm -hmm. approach we take Mm -hmm. Um, because really in reality, it is our problem, regardless of if it's someone else's action or issue, if it's affecting us and the way we're, you know, proceeding through our day, it is creating a problem for us. So I think it's coming from like, Hey, I'm having this issue. Can you help me solve this? Can we put our heads together and figure out a better way for this to make this work? Because I obviously, I don't want to make patients wait. 
that's not our goal here. We're, we're very timely and that's something we really are proud of and that we promote to our patients is that mm-hmm. they don't have to wait. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, again, when we have that, a bigger ask like that, that feels uncomfortable because you know, it's like, Ooh, this is kind of a, a problem ask, like bring it from your standpoint of like, I'm struggling with this. How do we do this together? Let's, and, you know, having some solution ideas ready could be a good way. Like I know, um, Brittany, in your practice, I think this is such a great idea. You guys have the little um, wipeable sheets that you use where yes. you like go ahead and give the doctor ahead of time, like, hey, this is the patient's chief complaint. This is what I saw today. And these are the concerns. And like, they have a chance to look at that before you, they even walk in the room. So they kind of already have that heads up. So just like when you ask for, hey, let's come together and, and solve this. I think that is, that's the way to manage it when it's a bigger ask for something that's like consistently an issue. Right. Um, I think too, I've had experiences where, you know, like you've got to go to somebody to ask to like fill open appointments or collect, you know, on balances or, you know, just understanding insurance coverage. Like I think anytime you're going to come with an ask like that, I think you just preface it with like, hey, I'm struggling with this breakdown. I don't understand what this is saying, or I'm confused by this account. Can you please help me with some clarification? I'm just not as strong at this as you are. Let me interpret that. Please do your job. I have not been paid on this service. Will you please collect the correct amount and then post it to the correct provider and do it next time too. Thank you very much. Sincerely, inner thoughts. Right. (laughs) But again, we are, we do, we all have different roles. Yes, yes, yes. I know. And, and I know. I'm being totally, I'm totally extra doing it. These are the thoughts <laughs> that go through my head sometimes, but I'm like, that would be so unhelpful. And that person, yes, probably has a million other things to do too. And me nudging them and reminding them is natural. It's natural. It's a part of the relationship, you know, because right. there are things that people have asked me to do that I don't do perfectly, that they do have to circle back with me and right. say, Hey, do you mind helping me with this? Like I asked you last week, if you could help me do blah, blah, blah. And you haven't done it yet. You know, can I support you in doing that? And I'm like, oh crap. So sorry about that. I dropped the ball on this one. So I'm being super silly and sarcastic saying these are my like inner thoughts. And even though they are sometimes, it's not the best way to get a a reasonable or effective outcome in any situation. And it most definitely won't help anyone's relationship with anyone else. Right. Well, you just said a phrase that I think is really important in here um, is how can I support you? Because I know where you're coming from because your practice is a little bit different than mine. So in your practice, you don't have to do the um, collecting of payments and the posting of payments and, you know, doing, oh, you do. I do. do. Yeah. What I don't have to do is if there's a big treatment plan or I don't have time to present even my own treatment, I have the treatment plan coordinator help me with that, but I do have payments in the back. Um, I do schedule my next appointments. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because sometimes I'll have to go ask a question of someone that, you know, it's normally a task that I do, mm-hmm. but I just either don't understand or I'm just really bogged down mm-hmm. and I need some support. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we're asking people like this. I think this is a point you're just making. Sometimes you're asking people to kind of do their job. Right. If that makes sense. Exactly. Yes, um, yes. And I think that we have to take a step back, take a breath and realize that person is juggling a thousand other balls, too. Um, you know, give them some grace in that. And then at the same time, ask what you just said, like, how can I support you? Like, Hey, I noticed that this has gone undone. You know, is there any way I can support you for this? I just want to make sure that, you know, we, we get this taken care of. 
I think that's super helpful. And it could just be that that person just hasn't gotten to it yet, or maybe they, something else came up and they're drowning and maybe they do need some support. So again, it's just that, that teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. And checking in like that does a couple of things. It lets them know like, Hey, one, I'm checking this. So it's kind of like not in a big brother kind of way, but like, I am aware of what is happening on this end. This is an accountability system that we have kind of thing, you know? So like, Hey, I checked the ledger and and in my job, it's not, it's not for me to distribute payments. Like, so we have someone who goes through the entire schedule and does the payment distribution and to the doctors and whoever. Um, So I don't have to do that. And honestly, if I'm honest, I truly don't have time to do that in a single book. You know, there are things that I have to delegate or or are other people's jobs in my practice, just because of the limitations of having a single book and not having a dedicated hygiene assistant. So, um, but yeah, do your jobs, people. (laughs) So one tip I will say is um, I think when asking face-to-face when possible, is important. I think you'll have a higher success rate. You know, if you're kind of eye to eye, it's harder for somebody to be like, oh, no, no, no. Um, And I say that because I know a lot of practices now, like for us in our practice, we use Slack to communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, obviously, like if I have an insurance question, I can just Slack my insurance coordinator, um, which is super helpful because you're not having to run out of the the operatory. Uh, But I do think sometimes I find that if I put a question out on Slack, I may not get a response for a while and not because people are ignoring it, but because people are in people's mouths. They're not Mm -hmm. looking at the computer. Mm -hmm. So I find sometimes if I need something like a quick thing, it's almost better for me to like take a quick swing around the hall just to see who's available and ask that way Mm -hmm. versus trying to rely on the Slack. So it, you know, it really depends on how big your practice is, what that looks like, how you're, how you communicate there. But I think face-to-face asks are, are kind of the better way to go. And technology is a great alternative to face-to-face things because it would be impossible to have all the conversations we need to have face-to-face. But I think it's always ideal to do it face-to-face because then people remember that people are involved because it's kind of like that mentality of when people get behind their computer and they're now just talking to an email And, you know, people misunderstand the words on the page and passive aggression ensues and people misunderstand what's happening and what's being asked and what's, and, you know, what people actually need and where's this coming from and does this person, you know, do they think I'm not doing my job? It's like a lot of things happen in people's head when all of the nonverbal communication is left out of it, right? So as much as possible, I think face-to-face conversations are the most effective anyway. Obviously not always reasonable, not always possible. We do have to resort to Zoom calls and emails and text messages and Slack and all the things. But yeah, I think that I, I totally hear you. And yes, we're all in people's mouths. Like clinically, like I, it's so funny. I'll get an email during my clinical day from an admin person and I'll be walking down the hallway and they'll be like, did you get my email? Did you respond yet? I'm like, no, I was just with six patients back to back. Like when would I have had a moment to look at like, like, no, you know, come talk to me if you, if you have a, an urgent pressing issue and they're pretty good about that. And they do, but I think it's good. It's face-to-face. I think whenever possible is the best yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that you don't preface your requests with an apology. Mm-hmm. That communicates that asking for help is wrong or not welcome. So, you know, if you're like, hey, I'm so sorry, could you help me with, like, why are you so sorry? Right. Aren't we all here to do this task together? Like that, that shouldn't happen. But I, I see that happen a lot. And sometimes, like I said at the beginning, like sometimes I feel that sentiment. So I think it's just hopefully after this podcast, you'll do a little self-evaluation and kind of figure out what you're doing 
from that aspect and kind of drop that. At the same time, you don't want to trivialize your request. Like, hey, can you just do this one little thing for me? Or I really hate to ask you this. Like, because when we do that, it makes your issues seem less important. Yeah. Um, and it can re- reduce others' motivation to help. If they're like, you know, like you hate to ask me, like, I don't know, I'm going to hate to do it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like if it's like, hey, can you just do this one little thing for me? Like you're trying to make it seem like you don't need them for things, but we do. We need each other. That's actually yeah. a beautiful thing. I think um, if we're feeling sorry about asking, that could tell us a couple of things. It could tell us that it's an, it's a me thing. Like, I feel bad for asking. Like, I don't have a right to ask for help or I shouldn't be asking for help. I should know how to do everything all by myself, you know, which is unrealistic. Or it could be a team culture issue, honestly. Like, if there is a very much, this is my job, this is what I'm doing, I don't care about your job and what you're doing. And there isn't that consensus of like, we're all trying to reach end goals of doing what's best for the patient. Maybe there does need to be a discussion about the culture too. If this is happening kind of rampantly, you know, like about like, Hey, what are we here for? What is our, why, what is our vision? Like, what's the mission? What are we trying to accomplish at at the end of the day, at the end of the year? Like, what do we want to look back and say, oh, we did that. Okay. If, if we're trying to get to giving the patients the very best care, then we can't get in our own ways or in each other's ways by not being willing to help one another right. or having the, that's not my job mentality, you right. know, like whatever I can help you with, like I want to help you with, but I need that same sort of help. So, so it may need, it may require a conversation about that. Right. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but being willing to negotiate and being flexible Obviously, when you're asking for help, accept what they offer and work with them to find the best solution for both of you. So just being open to, you know, what what they can do on the same note, um, I want to say we want to be gracious, even if people say no. And this is a big part of this. Sometimes people are not available to help mm-hmm. and they're not being jerks. They just have a lot going on. And I've had this happen um, I mentioned our treatment coordinator. She is just, she is a yes girl. So she will just do whatever it takes. But there are times I've gone to her and she's like, I I can't, like, I literally have somebody coming into my office in just a minute. I've, you know, that I've already talked to the, the clinical team, like the doctors, this patient's coming in in two seconds. I just can't right now. And I'm always like, okay, no worries. And you could tell she like always feels really bad. She's like, oh my gosh, Teresa, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I get it. Like I yeah. get that we are, everyone's on roller skates. We're going a mm-hmm. thousand miles an hour. Sometimes the answer is going to be no, that's okay. Look for someone else or start thinking of a different way. To right. make and and everyone needs to not take it personally, you yes. know, an honest no is so much better than a people pleasing. Yes. When you can't actually follow through on it. Right. And so if you're getting a no, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, that sucks. I got a no, but I'm like thankful for the no. Thank you for just telling me you're not available because now I have an opportunity to go ask the next person. Like, I don't have to wait for you if you truly aren't available because that's going to put me behind, you know, if someone says yes, and then, and then actually isn't available and they just have too many balls that they're juggling and they, they didn't self-assess well enough to, to say, no, I've got too much on my plate to take care of at this moment. They're putting me or you in a bad position because now I'm waiting on their help and they're not able to help me. And, And it's like this weird communication of like, Hey, are you able to follow through on your commitment to me? Oh no, no, by the way, I can't help right now. I know I said I could, but I can't. 
um, you know, sorry about that. And then you're just back to square one, you know, but you had a plan. You thought the plan was worked out because someone said yes. And it was maybe their poor judgment in this instance, and it didn't work out. So there's just nothing I hate more than a fake yes. Right. You know, or when people yeah. volunteer for something and then on the back end aren't there for it, or people say yes, and then go to lunch at the time they said they would help you, you know, there's nothing worse than that. So a no is always more welcome than that. Yeah. And I think we just give space and grace for no's, like without that judgment or hostility, like, like we all, we're all running the same race. We all know that there's those moments, like we literally just can't and other people have those too. So when we get the no's, like be gracious, like, thank you so much. Like, don't worry about it. No worries. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just, you know, giving people that space in that room and not like walking away. Like, I can't believe they wouldn't help me or, you know, like they said, no, I'm not going to ask them again. Like let go of all of that garbage Mm -hmm. and just know that, you know, again, I think what you said is so true. Like it's gotta be the team culture. You've Mm got to have your team culture where it needs to be, because if you have those people that are just, this is my job and I'm not going to do anything to help anyone else, then that's not a good fit for the team mentality. So, you know, again, take a step back, make sure everybody's got the the culture in mind and everybody's on the same mission. And if you know, you've got that in place, then there can't be that judgment or hostility, you know, like, Hey, I asked and they said, no, they really can't help. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll figure out a different way. Right. And then I think lastly, and we talked about this earlier is just, you know, being so grateful for when we do get the help and we do get the support and we are there for one another. We do have each other's backs. We are all on the same mission. That's truly what makes it fun. Like when, when we can rah, rah as a team and say, Hey, look at the patients we took care of today. Mm -hmm. Look at the smiles we changed. Look at the lives we impacted. Look at the health we improved. Um, That's what it all comes down to is like, Hey, look what we collectively did together. We are changing people's lives. And that is such a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and we, we can only do that together as a team. So thank you everybody for working together and helping and doing whatever it takes. Like that's where you feel the best. Those are the wins. It goes back to fulfillment and our why and our purpose and vision and having all that figured out. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm going to take some of these thoughts and and take some steps back and just kind of, you know, get out of my own head and get out of my own ego and, you know, realize that asking for help is crucial, Mm -hmm. necessary, and lets other people shine. And I'm going to kind of move forward on that front there. But I would love to hear any thoughts that any of our listeners have on this. So if this resonates with you and you have found some good techniques or you found yourself struggling and you're like, hey, this makes sense to me, like, please come join us on our Mighty Networks app. You just download Mighty Networks and look up Bulletproof Hygiene. Um, it's free to join and it's just a great community to ask questions and share stories and thoughts. And we would love to hear yours. So if you haven't joined us yet, come join us. And if you're there and you haven't said hi yet, say hi, tell us what's going on and, and what you want to hear more of in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope everyone has a great week and we hope that you guys got, um, a few, uh, nuggets out of this. We know that I know that I feel, you know, helped by discussing this out loud. So I hope that it helped you guys too. Yeah. All right, everybody have a great week. See you next time. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.